ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Everybody, welcome in uh, to the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports on a Tuesday. That means my friend Jay Walker celebrated his fiftieth. Yeah, on Friday, my fiftieth. What? <laughs> Your fiftieth birthday since the last time you were still a teen. Um, how was your birthday, man? It, it was great. Um, left town for the weekend. I mean, first of all, my cousin. Uh, flew in from uh, Texas. She lives out between Lubbock and Amarillo. And she flew in on Thursday, came to the football game, uh, got a chance to uh, try some shrimp etouffee with the lieutenant governor and a few other things. And then Friday morning, um, left, went over to uh, the Baton Rouge area where uh, number two daughter lives and um, actually rented out an Airbnb about three doors down from her. So, you know, both daughters with their families and then the, and then the twins, you know, we were all able to, and my cousin, we were all had plenty of room because we had two houses and, um, had a, had a great weekend. You know, we had a big bonfire, uh, because they lost some trees during Ida and it was time to burn them. Um, you know, had a big gumbo. Um, nice. It was, it was a great, it was a great relaxing weekend. Good. And I didn't drink too much, and so that was a surprise. <laughs> Feeling fresh. I uh, I know that, uh, you know, I had uh, I went to the Saints game. It was Cowboys' first ever Saints game. I, I saw that you were doing that, and I thought that was awfully cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, the, the, the game was weird and didn't end the way that we would have hoped. But, um, you know, I know you we were both kind of out of town. We didn't we didn't get to see that uh, that intra-squad between – intra-squad, I mean, I guess intra-team game – between the Cajun baseball team and the 2014 team, but I, I I know the fans that win apparently had a good time, and a 2014 team could still cut they it up. They can man. still play, man. They can still play. You know what I think the the great thing about that was that team that we all loved, and one of the reasons we loved them is because they were good. Another reason is because they won. But the third team, the, the third reason was they played with an attitude. And I think this Cajun team got a chance to see what that attitude was all about because they came out with attitude again, from what I understand. Yeah, it um, it was something that had I, you know, I would have I would have tried to get over there probably with the kid had I not been driving back from New Orleans. But uh, man, you think you, you're going to get a call from Jeff Ireland? Maybe go try out to play receiver for the Saints? Um, well, I'm small, but I'm slow. Deontay Harris isn't slow, but he is small, and he's the only good receiver on the team right now, apparently. And and, and did I hear he's about to get suspended? He is might. That... He might. So uh, he had a DUI, very serious stuff, okay. in the offseason. But it went through the court system, and the NFL apparently was waiting until it finished. He ended up actually pleading not guilty. Um, 
And I think it came to some resolution yesterday, community service. And the NFL, their their rules for if you are charged with a DUI, it's a minimum three-game suspension. Now, technically, he wasn't charged with one. But, of course, Saints fans are saying, well, you know, Roger Goodell's sitting there looking at the Saints receivers, looking at their best one, knowing he can hand out a suspension. He'll probably just, you know. Um, and I absolutely agree ex- with that assessment. Expel him from the league. I don't agree with it. I mean, that's a bit extreme. But I, I do think you could. It would not surprise me if later this week they're like, yeah, he's suspended for a couple of games. Um, th- this Saints team is is up and down. Um, I said before the season, I thought they had the biggest gap between the floor and the ceiling, maybe of any team in the league. I think that ceiling's a little bit lower after the Jameis injury. But it's still a, 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 a potentially a playoff team. Um, it's not a championship team. And if Odell Beckham Jr. clears waivers, I am not for committing to him for some multi-year contract. But if you can rent him, this would this is the time to do it. If he wants to go play for a team that's that he thinks will be in the playoffs and and Mike Florio's saying, well, the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Saints are kind of where they're looking. Well, I know where he would instantly be the number one receiver, even though he hasn't been, you know, he's not as good as he was four years ago. He's still better than anything the Saints have. And it does have they do have a strong locker room in New Orleans and Oh, well, the risk, and he could do this, he could do that. You're not committing anything long-term. This is the time. This isn't the 2018 Saints that after Michael Thomas, our oh, receiver's a little sketchy. You should probably do something. No, because you, you might win a Super Bowl. You don't want to mess with this. This is the time to do it. If he clears waivers today, just get on the phone with his agent. If you need to sign Odell Beckham Sr. too, just to, just to appease him, just do it at this point. I can't argue with that. Man, least amount of separation in the league. In terms of receivers getting away from DBs and dropsies, I mean that game's totally different in the first half if they actually hang on to the football. Totally different. We we were yelling at the television. We were yelling at the field. It was bad. And then and then and then you you you, you have the ultimate tease. See what I said about Saints fans and and LSU fans for that matter. They didn't just lose games over the weekend. What they because in the grand scheme of things, I mean LSU is going to finish what like five hundred, maybe a game below five hundred. Like my point is, if they had beat Bama in terms of their record this year, really is irrelevant. What they lost was a win that they would be able to reference forever. Mm-hmm. Even though Bama has more skins on the wall, they could be like, yeah, but y'all lost to Coach Show when the seat wasn't even hot. The seat was literally gone. Like, remember how funny that was at home? Y'all thought you were going to win another national championship. Ha. And then the Saints, Saints fans lost the game where they just get to reference. You lost to Trevor Simeon when you were up 24-6 to in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left. These games that are more than just about this season. Instead, it was just a disappointing loss to Atlanta, another loss to Alabama if you're LSU. That's, I think, for the fan bases of those two teams, why? why? Now, for the Saints, it might end up being the difference in something later this year. We'll find out. But I'm just thinking years from now, what they lost out on over the week and the ultimate tease and the ultimate disappointment is what happened. Yeah, we, you know, in, in addition to 28 to three, we'd have, we'd have been able to say, yeah. you know, 24 to six. Um, yeah, it was. And, and look, you know, they, they complete the pass and, and you just want to throw up. And, you, you know, the Georgia Southern kicker ain't going to miss. OK, that guy was a pro bowler last year. 
Um, Georgia Southern, man, they've had good luck with kickers. Tyler Bass is the kicker at Buffalo. Young Way Koo is the kicker at Atlanta. And Georgia, Georgia State, I think, has two kickers in the league. Now, Will Lutz is on IR. I feel like they have another one that's in the league somewhere, maybe mm. on Baltimore's practice squad. Maybe on somebody's practice Baltimore squad. Baltimore signs Georgia State's kickers. They're really good, but they can never make the team because of Justin <laughs> Tucker. But I think I think he might be on their practice squad. I, How about that? I don't even know who that would be. Sunbelt kickers, man. Um, Georgia kickers. Georgia kickers. So here's the, let's talk about the state of Georgia for a minute. Their ultimate bad luck in sports. Right now, Georgia, the Bulldogs, are, are far and away the best team in college football. Right now they are. Yeah. The Braves didn't blow it. They won it all. The Hawks have Trey Young, who, you know, had a, a Reggie Miller-like coming out party last year in the postseason against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Just stomped them and, and rubbed their face in it. And the Falcons, they're still the Falcons. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get too carried away here. But let's be honest, that game Sunday is a game that you would have fully expected them to lose after they blew it late because that's just what they do. And they somehow, you know, string together. Paulson Adebo just blows it. And unfortunately for the Saints, is, is from a sports standpoint, is, is the tide starting to turn a little bit in the state of Georgia? What's going on over not, there? Not until the Falcons do it, okay? You know, I mean, I can I can give you scenarios with the Braves and, and the Hawks and, and certainly Georgia, who's been really good for a while now. But they but they haven't they haven't got that national title since Herschel Walker was there. Well, that's true. And guess what? They haven't won this year yet either. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I feel like we're kind of waiting on them too because everyone's already crowning them now. It's like I think. I think right now you're you're knocking on the door. You're in the neighborhood, you're knocking on the door, but if you're in the state of Georgia, you're not in the house yet. Oh, no. You need, I mean, the Bulldogs. Like, who's, first of all, let's let's just address the, the reality of Saturday. Valiant effort by LSU. Hats off to them, especially oh, their defense. I mean, Alabama rushed for six yards. Yeah. Alabama is not, they should not be number two in the college football playoff rankings. But then again, who should? That's a very good question, okay? Uh, but, you know, but I agree it shouldn't be Alabama. You know, if you look at Alabama, you know, you say, well, they beat so-and-so and so-and-so. Look at the records of the teams that they've beaten. You know, it's not like it's not like they've gone out and gone through this juggernaut schedule. No, and they struggle to teams like Florida and LSU who right now aren't good in terms of at least what you would expect from those brands. And they lost to A&M, who's... Not one of the best of the best. I know they're going to rank any team high that plays Alabama. I get it. But Cincinnati, they definitely belong higher than where they're ranked. I was not surprised at all by where the committee put them because that's just what the committee does. They've shown their face. You know what they're going to do. Well, they're a fraud. But they're a sham. Sure. They are an absolute sham. I never thought that I would say this. We were better off with the BCS. Isn't that wild? Like my thing is, if you move to eight or twelve, you're you're you'll be mandatory for mandatory reasons. They'll have to be more inclusive, but they will be the most minimal amount. They'll have the most minimal amount of inclusivity according to the rule book. That's what they'll do. Once you add more playoff teams, it's not like they're suddenly like everyone that's complaining now. I'm telling you, you're still going to be complaining. They're going to make it as difficult as possible. And Cincinnati, who's what two in the AP, three in the coaches, um, they they 
I, they won. Now, they didn't look great in terms of, well, if you're going to be this ranked this high, you've got to do- dominate this team. They're going to be held to a different standard. Alabama can be ranked that high, barely escape an LSU team that's not great, and they're not going to move in the polls. Cincinnati, you don't demolish Tulsa. Well, guess what? You're gonna you're gonna be hurt. That's you have to be close to perfect, and even then, it's it's not gonna be enough for the committee. They're looking for an excuse. And bottom line, I knew that the thing was a sham last year. When, as much as I hate to give the devil his due, the team with the best resume in the group of five was Coastal Carolina. They had a much better resume than Cincinnati. And they got asked about it. And their response was, well, we looked at the tape. We just thought Cincinnati was better. So they're going to use whatever excuse they have that fits their scenario. If the resume doesn't show it, then they're going to say, well, they failed the eye test. If you look and you say, man, that team's really good, they're going to say, yeah, but your strength of schedule wasn't good enough. They will look for an excuse. They will find it, and that's who they are. That's the college football, uh, playoff committee. They are a fraud and a sham. They're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. And you know what? I think Bill Hancock is a really good guy. I interviewed him before. I, I think he's a he's a a decent human being. He really is. But you know, quit trying to polish a turd. And you know, he's I I don't know. I don't know what else to say. You know, he has no choice but to try to justify this garbage, but it's garbage. Yeah. Barry Alvarez, who did a lot of great things in Wisconsin for so many years as a head football coach and as an AD and all that. I, I heard him in an interview before the season, and he was hired to be some kind of consultant to the college football playoff committee. And he was just asked straight up, like, what will it take for a G5 team to get in? I, I actually appreciated his response because he's like, guys, it's close to impossible. And he went through the reasons why, what the what the P5 conferences have to lose Financially, he basically painted the picture of here is why it would take so many dominoes falling. And I just appreciated how honest he was about it. Like he wasn't trying to like cupcake it. He's not like, sure, they have a good chance. I mean, they're a good team. And if they go undefeated and and other teams lose, he's like, I'm not saying it's impossible, guys, but it would take a lot of dominoes. And here's here's why. And he pointed to the human element of it and everything else. And everybody's looking out for themselves. And I was like. Finally, a, a, a real yep. answer. I mean, that's what this thing is. And so all the outrage last week, I was like, I, I don't, I just, I'm not surprised by any of it. I'm not saying it's right. I just, if you were expecting anything else, once, once somebody or a group of people show you who they are consistently, don't be surprised when they just keep showing you who they are. Don't expect them to change when they do it over and over and over again. Um. So what will it take for Cincinnati to get in the college football playoff? Well, let's see. Um, Losses by everybody ahead of them. You're going to need 
does Michigan State need to lose another game and then beat Ohio State? Well, okay, you're talking about four slots. We know that Georgia's got one of them locked yeah. up. I think if they beat Alabama, it's probably going to knock Alabama out of the yep. top four. Oh, well, probably. Um, I think that um, if if Michigan State plays Ohio, well, they, they are going to play Ohio State, the winner of that game is really in good shape. The loser of that game is probably out. Michigan seven and one too, and I and 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 I think Oregon needs to lose. Um, now, if those three teams lose and Cincinnati wins out, now you're now you're like uh, pretty close to right there. At what point does the committee just start bumping up Oklahoma because they're Oklahoma? Well, they got Baylor. they already okay. They already are okay. Okay, they already are. They have played an extremely weak schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling you, if they if they win out, it's Oklahoma. They'll put them in. Oh, absolutely. They'll put them in ahead absolutely. of Cincinnati. They'll put no them in question. ahead of. They're they'll say, oh well, when they play these teams, you know, they're playing Baylor, they're playing Oklahoma State, they'll be in a Big Twelve championship game, and they'll say, yeah, they're in. And then what will Oklahoma do Bed- if they're in? They'll lose in the first game by a bunch of points. Bedlam could be interesting this year. Um, but you know, Oklahoma. Every year, and it hasn't happened yet to, to Lincoln Riley's credit, but every year they lose to somebody they shouldn't lose to. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting for that to happen. Maybe it'll happen. But what if Baylor beats him? And Baylor runs the table and only has one loss, which was at TCU, which was really bad. No, no, I'm sorry. They're playing TCU this week. Who did Baylor lose to? Oklahoma State. Right. Wait. They just, never mind, never mind. They did just lose to TCU. The rankings haven't come out yet for this week. TCU, man, Gary Patterson just said, you know what? It ain't working. And I have to admit, I guess I'm part of the problem. It's passed me by. Resigns, walks away, and then they beat Baylor. Um, the, I said this when Georgia Southern fired their coach. The best game that you play all year is the game after you fire the coach. Addition by subtraction. Mm-hmm. And I'm, um, now I will say this. The TCU job, and, and they're going to pe- be people that go, what? I think the TCU job is one of the top 10 jobs in college football. 10. I know there's a lot of money. I know that. They're, I think it's one of the, they've got, they've got all the facilities. They've got all of the money. You're in the Metroplex in the state of Texas, one of the most fertile recruiting grounds there are. You can get players. Your your student athletes are treated well. You got everything you need to win at a high level. And guess what? Gary Patterson showed that earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the top 10 jobs in college football. Even with Oklahoma and Texas about to leave the Big 12. Because TCU can go out and absolutely dominate that conference if they hire the right guy. What's funny is how many times Patterson beat Texas. Texas just continues to frown their nose at TCU. And TCU just, most of the time Patterson was there, would beat them. Mm -hmm. Louisiana, they're ranked 24 in the AP, 25 in the coaches. Coach Napier says, not worried about it. We have no control over it. It's someone else. We're just focused on this game. 
from a branding, marketing, from a Napier, his name, cachet standpoint, how much does the number in front of the name mean, Jay? Well, you know, I think it means something because of what you said. Um, I think from a branding standpoint, it's it's big when you can put a number in front of the name like that. Um, I don't think it's it's the it's the know all tell all. All right, you know I. Now what? Somebody asked me said, "What would you rather be, nationally ranked or win the Sun Belt Conference Championship?" That's an easy answer, and it's win the Sun Belt Conference Championship, which is something the Cajuns have never done outright, never won the Sun Belt Championship outright. So if the Cajuns, let's say, take a loss to Liberty and drop out of the top 25, but they beat the two conference teams and they run the table and then win on December 4th at Cajun Field, I'm not going to care about the damn number in front of their name. Not to say that you don't like it. Oh, no. No, I I like it. But I know what I like more. What is it with a coach recruiting a player going in the living room, you have a chance to win a championship compared to come play for a top 25 team. Does that play in living rooms now in 2021, either one? Um, I, I think play for a conference championship is diminished a little bit. That was big when you had a lot of independence, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, I remember that when, when the Cajuns, and this is, of course, 30 years ago now, but when the Cajuns became an associate member of the uh, of the Big West. Nelson Stokely used to talk about how huge it was. Finally, I get to say you have a chance to play for a conference championship. And he thought that was huge. And I think it is. But now, you know, you only have just a, a handful of independents now. So I, I don't think that's as big a deal as it was now. You know, right now, if you look at, you know, Vanderbilt could go to somebody's house and say, you got a chance to play for a conference championship, and technically they're right, but... Um, so I think for the teams that can't win a conference that's championship... What I, that, that's, you know. that's specifically what I mean. I mean, like, in your scenario, you just won one, and so it's like, look what you could do here compared to, as you said, being ranked, like, come play for a top 25 team. Okay, let me tell you, though, what... What you got to recruit to if you win a conference championship? When the coach goes in there and he's flashing his ring, right? That that, that mean that means a lot. If they have jewelry, whether it's a championship, whether it's a bolt, whatever the jewelry is, they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna make sure they got that on when they yeah, walk in. Gotta wear the bling, room. man. Gotta have the bling. ESPN Lafayette. Scott Prather, Jay Walker talking college football, college hoops tipping off today. Talked to Gary Broadhead and Bob Marlin last hour. Double header at the Cajun Dome today. We've got the games for you. 445 pregame for the women. Steve Pelequin has the call from Learfield and then Jay Walker afterwards for the men. We'll talk more. Angel.
I think when the Cajuns take the court, this is what they should run out to. All right. <laughs> you imagine? You're raging Cajun. I am like a danger. <laughs> That's funny. One of the best things about our, our hour is that I... We get to just use TTT music as like the bumpers too. Yeah, that's good stuff. College basketball. All right. Does college basketball have the worst opening night in sports? Yes. It's like, I guess some sport has to have it, but there's just no buzz around it. I'm not talking specifically locally in the state. I'm just mean as a whole. The sport itself, it's on a Tuesday in November when there's, I don't know, man. I just, there's, there's just not enough buzz around the actual sport. And this was true when college basketball was, I guess, I mean, I, I feel like this has always been true. You, If you want to look at a period of time where you would say, well, college basketball, that was when it was at its peak. Whatever year you think that is, that year it still had the worst opening night. Absolutely a true story. You know, there's, there is maybe one game Um. In college basketball, no, I'm going to say two. Kentucky and Duke are playing tonight. And also, um, Kansas and Michigan State are playing tonight. The third most exciting game, Alabama's hosting Louisiana Tech. I... Now, I mean, I mean, look, Louisiana Tech was an NIT Final Four team last year, and they've got and they got virtually everybody back. I mean, I think they're a pretty good team. And Alabama's nationally ranked, so I mean, that's not a that's not a terrible game for opening night. But that's it. I have had Sports Center on this TV, which I'm, I'm I don't I glance up at it on occasion, in case there's breaking news or something. But it's constantly in my periphery, and I have not seen a single thing about college basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing at least one of those games you just mentioned is probably on ESPN tonight. I would think so. Nothing. Not a single thing. Yeah, Kentucky and Duke. I haven't on, seen um, anything. Are on ESPN. I'm sitting here watching ESPN. It hadn't come on once. They're so not even promoting it. Gonzaga opens up. Of course, they're number one. And they uh, they open up against Dixie State. Alabama and Louisiana Tech is on the <laughs> on the SEC network. Dixie State. You know why it always makes me laugh when I think of Dixie State? If somebody has no idea where Dixie State is, just ask them. If you know, if there's a school called Dixie State, what state would you guess that would be in? They're going to get it wrong. They're, well, they're all going to say Mississippi. It's in Utah. Yeah. That's <laughs> just wild to me, man. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we've got, this, uh, we've got this school. It's called Brigham Young Junior University. It's, uh, it's in Miami. <laughs> like what Dixie State Kansas Michigan State Kentucky Duke it's a double header tonight all right um Cajuns we've talked a little bit about it I had uh, talked a lot about it last hour interview coach brought in interview coach coach Marlin obviously missions march goals to get into the NCAA tournament I know there's a long way to go between now and then I know there's a lot between now and then how good are their chances this year in your mind I think in my opinion and this is going to go against the preseason poll a little bit. But in my opinion, the three best teams in the Sun Belt are Georgia State, Louisiana, and Arkansas State. 
and Arkansas State, I think, is going to make some some eyebrows go up a little bit. But Arkansas State's got the preseason player of the year in, in uh, Norchard O'Meara, uh, who was the freshman of the year last year. Marquise Eaton, who's their best guard, returns, and they bring in a transfer from Arkansas who is like a second-team All-SEC guy who can really shoot it. So I think Arkansas State's going to be really good. Um, I think they're they're going to be the Cajuns' biggest challenge as far as teams in the West are concerned. Uh, and I think Georgia State um, is going to be good again. I think those are going to be the top three teams. Georgia State's pretty stacked. Yeah. They got a lot of super seniors coming back. Um, they're going to be they're going to be tough. Uh, it, I, I think I'm 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 interested to see them play tonight. I know, you know, the opponents might be a bit outmatched, and you'll see more on the perimeter tonight for the men. I'm anxious to see Coach Broadhead. I mean, Ty Ducey is going to be on a minutes restriction early this season, but I'm anxious to kind of see them early in the season and how the identities of these two teams develop. Lastly, LSU. Uh, Will Wade is still the coach there. Adam Miller, they lost him. He was a transfer from Illinois that was supposed to be really good right out the gate. Unfortunately for him, he tore his ACL a few weeks ago. Someone asked me about LSU recently. Like, I I haven't been following college basketball under a microscope or anything. We talked about how the season just kind of arrives without a ton of fanfare. But just reading a little bit about it, I think they'll probably be a top 25 team, but at the very back of it, like they're, they'll be competitive in the SEC. I think they'll be one of those teams that one week they're ranked 23rd, 22nd. The next week they might be out. I think they're going to kind of float in and out of there most of the season. They're playing, if they play 16 conference games, they're a 9-7, and 7-9 seven, seven and nine yeah, type, I would, of, I would type of team, I think. They open up um, uh, tonight against they're, ULM. I think they're uh, picked like 7th uh, in the SEC, which is, which is about right. Feels like that's where some Arkansas, Kentucky, Bama, um, these are really good teams. I think I think LSU could finish anywhere from from fourth to eighth. Honestly, Ten- Tennessee eighth. is also really good. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the Southeastern Conference has really had really has some good basketball teams. You know, Arkansas is going to be good. Um, yeah, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, yeah. College hoops, ready or not, here it is. We'll be on the air this afternoon, four forty-five for the women's game, Texas A&M, Kingsville, and then the men's game will follow. Uh, They'll be hosting West Florida from the Cajun Dome. That's going to do it for the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette this afternoon. Excuse me, this morning. Stumbling all of my words today, Jay. Excuse me. Take a nap. It's just because I'm in the presence of of greatness. That's it. go, Go take a nap. Ah, that sounds good. I don't think I have the time, but I'll try. That is Jay Walker. Catch him tonight. Talk to you next week, my friend. Look forward to it. All right, Dan Patrick is next right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sports book because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate 
DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. 